The 24-year-old Marine who protected a subway train full of innocent people from a mentally ill, violent criminal, a criminal who was threatening the passengers and who had the rap sheet to prove that he was willing to follow through on those threats, that heroic Marine will now be charged with second-degree manslaughter by the New York District Attorney. That Marine should be given a key to the city. That Marine should be given a ticker tape parade. Instead, the liberal activists who run the city will attempt to throw him in prison. And they will probably succeed. Lots of liberals and even some squish conservatives will say that, you know, if the evidence proves this young Marine's innocence, well, then he's got nothing to fear. But we already know that he won't get a fair trial because this is a political prosecution. And the way that we know that is that the altercation on the subway occurred 11 days ago and no one previously arrested him because the killing was obviously justified. Then liberal activists, AOC, all the usual suspects, they called the mob out against him. So now he's being prosecuted and he will be convicted regardless of what the evidence shows. Or if he's not convicted, there will be hell to pay because the mob demands its pound of flesh. It is a hideous miscarriage of justice what is going on. But at least the most self-aware liberal activists know that. For them, that is the point. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. There's a professor at a community college who has been placed on leave for the egregious, unforgivable crime of handing out Jeremy's chocolate bars. We will get to that. I think we will be able to speak to that professor live a little later on in the show. First, though, speaking of law enforcement, yesterday, a liberal journalist at a briefing at the White House asked the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, what has gone on with those Border Patrol agents who were whipping all of the migrants and how all of this relates to the new surge at the southern border. And to his credit, the secretary corrected the record and said that the Border Patrol agents never whipped the migrants. Sir, the southern border is not just Mexicans. It is Haitians. It's Africans, as we've seen, particularly with that issue with the Haitians um, being whipped with the reins or the horses. But what is there? Well, let me just uh, correct you right there, because actually the investigation concluded that the whipping did not occur. I'm sorry. I saw it differently. They were whipped with something from the horse, reins from a horse. I, I Maybe the, the video or the picture was fixed, but what I saw was totally different. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to leave you as uh, 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 corrected. <laughs> so... Good on him for admitting the truth. Everyone's now giving a lot of plaudits to Mayorkas, and they're all making fun of this journalist woman. I'm kind of on the journalist woman's side. Not because the whipping happened. The whipping obviously didn't happen. I never really thought that it did. I, I never went along with the liberal narrative that tried to demonize the Border Patrol agents. But I can see how this woman would have thought so. And you know why this woman might have thought that the Border Patrol agents whipped the migrants, because everybody in the liberal establishment, the media, the government, including Mayorkas, said that they did. Look at all these headlines. This isn't even close to all of them. Reuters, White House condemns border guard use 
of whip-like cord against Haitian migrants. Uh, NBC, Saki asked about image of border patrol agent with apparent whip. Obviously horrific. Oh, yes. Politico, White House, possible use of whips on Haitian migrants is horrific. Biden says border patrol agents will pay after whipping at Haitian migrants while charging them on horseback. Wow, that one's even more vivid. That's from Business Insider. How about this one? Horrified by photos of border patrol agents allegedly whipping migrants. Official demands investigation. Uh, that's from the Houston Chronicle. Vice News, you remember that? Vice News, which uh, I think is going the way of the dodo, says U.S. border agents are removing Haitian migrants using horses and whips. When's Vice going to correct that fake news headline? And then here's my favorite. This is from Axios. Very respectable, middle of the road, mainstream Axios says, Harris Mayorkas voice horror at footage of Border Patrol reportedly whipping at migrants. Complete fake news. Just a complete op from the activist level to the media to the White House. And so I don't blame this journalist for asking about it. She perpetrated a lie. She perpetuated a lie, but she was also lied to. And people all got whipped up into this frenzy that was pushed completely divorced from the facts. And so I don't let Mayorkas off the hook. I'm glad that he's not lying anymore now years later, but I don't let him off the hook. He was one of the people who peddled this lie. And it's not just about the migrants, and it's not just about Mayorkas in the White House. This is the news. This, this story right here, these 10 headlines about the whips and the migrants, that's every contentious partisan news story. Anything that could give a serious advantage to Democrats and a disadvantage to Republicans, that is what is peddled by our media with no regard whatsoever for the truth. I think people have caught on to that quite a lot at this point, but it's, it's like the air that you breathe. It's like the water that the fish swim in. It's hard to notice. There are so many news stories that come at you every day that you just see the headline and you kind of move on. I bet you there are even many conservatives who think that border patrol agents whipped Haitian migrants while charging them on horseback. Completely made up. Made up by the people who now say, oh, what are you talking about? That's, no, we just lied about that at the time because we thought it would help us. But now it won't help us, so now we're going we're gonna to admit the truth. This is how the system works. Speaking of our very embarrassing news media, NBC is horrified. Uh, the fourth estate, the intrepid journalists, they're horrified at the prospect that Tucker Carlson will bring his show to Twitter. Because if he's on Twitter, well, it's going to be hard for people to tell him what to say. Well, listen, Twitter was already under fire from misinformation, disinformation, all-out lies, anti-Semitism, racism, before Elon Musk took over, and now it's gotten kind of crazy, right? Seemingly unmoored, uh, if you will. Will anybody be able to police what Carlson says, Mm. or is this the point? It's just a free-for-all. I think this is the point. It is a free-for-all. It's what Elon Musk wants to provide. This move by Tucker may cement the idea of Twitter as a right-wing website. It's going to cement the idea. If this man is not given a list of talking points and told that he can't, can't voice certain opinions, that means that Twitter is a right-wing website. <laughs> oh, no. The journalist might not be told what to say by the political establishment. The horror. This is the end of our democracy in America. Just so transparent. I'm so happy about 
that journalist in the White House briefing room. I'm so happy about NBC breaking down. Just wait until you see Anderson Cooper's reaction to Trump's town hall on CNN. Oh, that was beautiful too. They're just exposing themselves for the regime hacks that they are. And look, being a regime hack, being a propagandist, it's a job. Every state has them. But at the very least now, I think we can do away with the, where the journalists are under fire. We're out there on the front lines speaking truth to power. No, you're not. You are court jesters and court propagandists for the ruling establishment. That is all you do. And then whenever an, a journalist with any streak of independence comes out there and questions that official narrative, you all pile onto him. You do everything you can to enforce the power whose job it is, to, whose, job, whose job yours is to defend. Okay. Now, when we want to talk to one another, how are we going to do it? Are we going to do it through the establishment media? Probably not. We're probably going to do it on Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com slash Knowles. Do you remember the last time you got a free phone? You started out feeling great, and then came the hefty activation fees, the four-line requirements, and of course, the binding contract. Pure Talk is giving you a free 5G Samsung Galaxy phone without the feeling that you've been duped. When you switch to Pure Talk's unlimited talk and text data plan that comes with a mobile hotspot, you will get a 5G Samsung Galaxy for free. That's right. Unlimited everything at a fraction of the price of Verizon, ATT, and T-Mobile. And here's the thing. You will be on America's most dependable 5G network. Not just a similar one, the same one. How do I know? I'm a customer. So make the switch to Pure Talk, the cell phone wireless company that I'm proud to stand behind, because they are proud to stand behind our mission at The Daily Wire, and they offer a fabulous product. They've got a U.S.-based customer service team, which, frankly, is more than enough reason, I think, to make the switch. They'll help you make the switch in as little as 10 minutes. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles for your free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk, text, and unlimited data. puretalk.com slash Knowles. Pure Talk, wireless for Americans by Americans. Forget NBC. Forget that lady in the White House briefing room. The greatest media moment of the last six months, two years, I don't know. CNN's reaction to the CNN town hall featuring Donald Trump, his first big TV appearance since he was president. I, I don't, this might be the funniest clip I've ever seen in my life. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Caitlin Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is gonna make that person go away? We're sorry, you can turn off CNN, it was terrible. We had the president. We had the president, very popular president, come on. He's going to run for president again. Half the country likes him. Anderson Cooper, I guess, is trying to make this point. 
In a way, he's more reasonable than most other people in the establishment media in that he's saying, look, it's important to hear from the leader of the political opposition. <laughs> We're not such a totalitarian society yet that we can all agree to just throw the leader of the opposition completely in the gulag. I know that we liberals are trying to prosecute him. I know we're trying to throw him in prison. I know all the while we decry Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping for doing exactly the same thing, but we, it's different when we do it. And I know that we're, we're, but we're not there yet. Okay. We haven't reached the, the degree of political control that Putin and Xi have in their respective countries. And so We've got to at least pretend like we should maybe hear from the political opposition. What makes the clip so funny is just the seriousness. Many of you are deeply troubled by what you saw last night. It was the former president saying that we need a better economy. It w- last night we saw this man, this evil man, the former president, and he said that we used to have more law and order and we should restore justice. Can you imagine? Oh, goodness. Scares me. It's going to keep me up at night. Now, speaking of contradicting the liberal narrative, and speaking of accidentally conveying some truth, actually, there's a guy who just won the Pulitzer Prize. And he's a guy who thinks that he's a chick. And he's won the Pulitzer Prize now uh, for his writing. He's a book critic in New York Magazine. He won the 2023 Pulitzer and he's, he's known as a pro-trans writer. So this is where it gets a little bit controversial. In 2019, this guy, his name is Andrew Chu. He now goes by Andrea. He published a book called Females, in which he said things that were deeply misogynistic. I almost never use that word, but they, were, they truly expressed a contempt and a hatred for women. And you sometimes see this this line of thought and this inclination among the transgender movement. Not all the time, but some of the time. And so here's what he said in his book, Females. He said, getting effed makes you female because effed is what a female is. He describes himself as a once being, quote, a sad, pretentious boy, furious about rape, hopelessly addicted to pornography. He says, almost every night, for at least a year before I transitioned, I would wait till my girlfriend had fallen asleep and slip out of bed for the bathroom with my phone. I was going on Tumblr to look at something called sissy porn. This is that kind of pornography. I did an interview with the, the uh, editor at Redux, and actually this story comes from Redux. Uh, this is the hypnotism pornography that plays a large role in people transing themselves, but no one really wants to talk about it. So this guy admits it. This guy who just won the Pulitzer Prize, he said, yeah, this kind of pornography transed me. I looked at something called sissy porn. I discovered it by accident one night, scrolling lazily down a pornographic rabbit hole. And he goes on, he says, pornography is what it feels like when you think you have an object, but really the object has you. It is therefore a quintessential expression of femaleness. Sissy porn did make me trans. It's funny, Media Matters does all these hit pieces on me because I've suggested that this kind of pornography transes people, makes people trans. But this very prominent transgender figure who just won the Pulitzer Prize for the perspicacity of his prose, this guy is saying the exact same thing that I'm suggesting. He's saying it more definitively than I am. I just raised the question. He's saying, yes, sissy porn did make me trans. At the center of sissy porn, oh, this is kind of gross. Ugh. 
Okay. Uh, the, the rest of this sentence is legitimately too obscene to read on this show. I don't recommend that you read it anyway. But it, basically, he says at the center of this pornography is this body part. And he, he reduces women down once again simply to the act of being violated. Okay. People are going to attack him. A lot of people on the left are attacking him for letting the secret out. I think he probably deserves the Pulitzer. If, if he doesn't deserve the Pulitzer, he's at least more deserving of the Pulitzer than other people who have won it or who have been finalists in recent years. I think of that guy, Ta-Nehisi Coates, who he won the National Book Award and he was a finalist for the Pulitzer. That guy has never said anything interesting in his entire life. All he does is just parrot silly, normy, liberal platitudes and tells liberal white people what they want to hear. And he certainly does not deserve any of these awards. At least this guy is upsetting the norm. At least, at least this poor man suffering from transgenderism who got totally addicted to this weird kind of pornography and who's got all these extremely perverse ideas about what a woman is, deeply misogynistic ideas. At least he's saying something that one, upsets the status quo and makes people think, but two, I think reveals really troubling aspects of modern leftism, of where lib liberalism leads in society, and of what transgenderism means, what it does, what it, what it reduces you to. I, I, it, I may even read the guy's book. It's so wrong. I mean, this is, the, this is the silver lining in the storm cloud of transgenderism, is with a lot of liberal policies, it's easy to keep it out of sight, out of mind. It's easy to, to ignore and neglect the absurdity of it all. So even, even with something as serious as abortion, with abortion, you just don't see it, right? It, abortion is what happens in that dark corner of town, in that scary looking building. But you don't have to see that. You don't need to go over there. Abortion, it's an act of murder, but it occurs inside a woman's womb most of the time. And so you don't need to think, we can just ignore it. It's okay. But with the transgender issue, which people could ignore for a long time because there were three or four people probably on earth who actually expressed themselves this way. Now, it seems to be everywhere. It's in your kid's school. It's in your workplace. It's on your daughter's sports team. And so you can't ignore it anymore. And it's so absurd. This guy, Andrew Chu, is just so obviously not a woman. And the way he describes women being effed is what a woman is. Being effed is what a female is, he says. Getting effed makes you female. That's so obviously not true. It's so hideous. It's so perverse. It's so obviously the, the hysterical ranting of someone whose brain has been melted by pornography that, that you begin to wonder, okay, what else is wrong about this movement? So I, I, I hand it to him. Great, great stuff, man. Now, speaking of the transgender mania, I got a story for you. I got a story here. It's from Just the News about a professor who was placed on leave for giving out chocolate bars. This professor is David Richardson. David Richardson is a 33-year veteran of the State Center Community College District. He has 27 years as a full-time tenure-track history instructor. Uh, he's, he's won Teacher of the Year, Madera Chamber of Commerce, President's Medal for Outstanding Faculty at Reedley College for the Madeira campus. He has never once in his entire career had a bad professional evaluation. He's never had a complaint of any kind until 2021, right around all of this crazy pronoun transgender madness. And now this man, who by all accounts, all evidence around, is an outstanding professor who everybody likes, 
because he handed out a politically incorrect chocolate bar. I don't even want to go that far. A chocolate bar that made a little bit of a joke about how men and women are different. Because of that, this guy has been placed on leave. We need to protect ourselves, not just in our careers. We need to protect our bodies. That's why you got to check out Bulletproof Everyone. Right now, go to BulletproofEveryone.com. Use promo code Knowles. Bulletproof Everyone is a premier American body armor manufacturer and supplier designed and built for everyday wear. Their unique armor systems offer 25% more coverage than standard armor while maintaining flexibility and all-day wearability. Bulletproof Everyone's ultralight armor system is so light It's so thin, you might just forget you're wearing it at all. Your safety and discretion is their top concern. Unless someone puts their hands on you, no one will have any clue that you are protected. With Bulletproof Everyone, you are not a walking billboard. There are no visible logos, no flashy designs. Their comfortable tailor-made clothing system goes above and beyond, adding additional security by keeping you incognito and under the radar. Work or play, Bulletproof Everyone has got the perfect armor system to fit your everyday lifestyle and everyday budget, especially as our political order gets a little bit crazy. Great time to protect yourself. Right now, they're giving our listeners a free 3A backpack with the purchase of any 3A clothing with code Knowles at checkout, K-N-W-L-E-S. Go to BulletproofEveryone.com. That is BulletproofEveryone.com, promo code Knowles. I am very pleased to be joined now by Professor David Richardson. Put on leave for the hideous crime of passing out a fun chocolate bar in his class and making a little joke about the difference between men and women. Professor, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Michael. So what on earth possessed the administrators to put you on leave? Um, I, I can't even speculate on that. I, I don't have a clue. I just know that the suspension came after I, um, I was actually at an open house event for the college a week ago last Saturday. And uh, we, we had tables showcasing our various programs. And um, I brought some of my history memorabilia, some stuff from the Civil War, World War II, and um, I, I always bring snacks. I always bring chips, popcorn, drinks, things to hand out to people who come uh, at my own expense, by the way. <laughs> Never asked for any money for this. And uh, I had some leftover Jeremy's chocolates that I, I didn't know what I was going to do with them. I like chocolate, but I bought an entire case. And <laughs> I wasn't A man gonna, of excellent taste. Yes, I wasn't going to eat an entire case. So I, I ate some, but I brought the remainder to the open house. And I, I didn't say anything about them. I just had them on the table with all of the other snacks. And they actually ended up being the most popular item on the table um you know every most everyone seemed to get a real kick out of it and so um you know we had one member of staff who uh had had not even noticed um when that person first came by 
And I guess words started to circulate about what the, the rappers actually said. And I even had some people asking for, for pairs. They wanted a he, him, and a she, her. Naturally. And um, then all of a sudden shows up at my table, demands to know what, what they mean. I, I directed her to Jeremy. I said, <clears throat> you'll have to contact them. They, they, they wrote the wrapper and took pictures of the chocolate bars. Um, that was that pretty much. So home. You, so you, you've been teaching for a long time. It's not like this is your first couple of years on the job here. You've been teaching for a long time. You've got a long track record. Students seem to love you. You've gotten all sorts of awards. This one little gift to people, I won't even say it's just a joke. You were just giving people a chocolate bar, right? Can you, can you imagine now being put on leave for giving someone a chocolate bar? And it involves a little bit of a joke about this very novel, very silly modern political fad called transgenderism. All of that gets you put on leave. On top of the fact, by the way, that as I read here in your bio, you are not only not anti-LGBT or whatever they're going to call you, you are a self-identified member of the LGB community. Yes. I, I've been, yes, I'm in a long-term relationship, 23 years. Um, I, I don't like to lead with that because I would rather people focus on my my skills, my of abilities, course. my, you know, what I do. And I've always said last year, um, our schools decided to fly the pride flag for the first time. And I even wrote a statement to the board of trustees at the time. I said, don't celebrate me for what I am. Celebrate me for what I've done. And, um, didn't make a bit of difference. <laughs> I mean, right. they flew the flags anyway, but um, that's that's my philosophy. It's it's such an injustice, and I think I, I mean it's it's very admirable for you to say, look, I'm not I'm not defined by my sexual desires. Okay, I'm, I'm how about my career? How about my work? How about how about my thoughts? How about all of this? But it just goes to show you the extreme lengths that this movement will go to, to cancel anybody who in any way, it's not like you're leading a pogrom against the transgender community or, or whatever they're going to accuse you of. You made a little joke about a popular chocolate bar and gave people a little bit of candy. And with that, they can wipe it out. So uh, David, before I let you go, where does everything stand now? I know this This really all began, your problems with the 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 college began a couple of years ago, I think, regarding the same sort of an issue. Uh, same sort of thing. I was accused of, um, quote unquote, mockingly misgendering a, a colleague. Of course, well, and by Which misgendering, of course, you mean properly gendering. <laughs> yes, I used the correct pronouns, but evidently in a mocking manner and was given a letter of reprimand and forced to undergo 
training, retraining, of course. re-education. Re-education. <laughs> that's, that's what they used to call it. Now there's a new politically correct euphemism for it. They call it uh, diversity uh, training. Or so, but it's, the, well, yes. it's, it's yeah. the same old thing. Uh, David, I, I really hope that you prevail here in your fight. I know that the headwinds that you're up against are very, very strong. It's a lesson to everybody out there. If you think that this mob is not going to come for you, if you think, well, look, I'm kind of protected. I'm, I'm teaching at this smaller school. I'm all I ever do. I make a little joke about chocolate bar. I can, no, it's, it's a totalizing totalitarian ideology. If you in any way diverge from it, this totalitarian mob will come for you. I think the solution is we've got to get Jeremy, in addition to the razors and the chocolates, to start Jeremy's university. Professor Richardson can have a tenured spot there. Uh, we will be praying for you in the meantime, though. Uh, keep up the fight. Really, thank you so much, David, for, for uh, coming on. Uh, and for all the rest of you, very important for this story, you can go check out Jeremy's chocolates. Because Jeremy believes that every free American should have the right to hand out chocolate. That is why right now you can get the delicious Jeremy's He, Him, and She, Her chocolate bars in a snack size. So pre-order Jeremy's chocolate right now, conveniently available for Halloween. Go to jeremyschocolate.com and pre-order today. My favorite comment yesterday is from Henry Bierman, who says, if I had a nickel for every time I heard the walls are closing in on Donald Trump, I would have more money than Trump. That's true. But this time they've got him. This time it's Mueller time. It's they've got him now. Okay. You know what we've got now? My favorite time of the week. The mailbag sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, for your free Samsung Galaxy when you sign up for unlimited talk text and unlimited data. Take it away with the voice mailbag. Hey, what's up, Michael? Tony here. First thing I just want to say, uh, I love your show. It's my favorite podcast to listen to. I've been listening to it every single day at work for the past two years. Just want to, I just want to say thank you uh, for everything that you do, man. Uh, my question is, um, how do I get over uh, a breakup? Um, this weekend, my girlfriend abruptly left me. It was completely unexpected. I was anticipating to marry her and get a home and you know all that good stuff but she abruptly broke up with me um we were at my house and when i left the room she went to my journal and found some stuff she didn't like so she left with no warning told me she went through my journal and that she was done with me um but i'm having a very difficult time getting past it so what's your advice um for forgetting her and accepting what happened and moving on. Thank you. Well, before you move on, I don't think you can move so quickly over this question of the journal. There's two parts to it. One, why was she looking in your journal? That would be a serious violation of trust if if I were looking at it and, and my girlfriend did that to me. But I would also probably have the self-awareness to say, okay, did she suspect something? And what is that thing that she suspected? And then obviously this is information that I lack, but what was in the journal? If you were doing something really heinous, you were, you were, you murdered somebody, 
or I don't know, you were cheating on her, or I don't know, you, I don't know what was in the journal. Uh, if it's the sort of thing for which you ought to be sorry, then you can apologize and see if she forgives you. If it's a problem that you're working through that you think you can work out, then you know you might be able to work that out. It might have just been a fit of shock or revulsion or something that she saw something in your journal and broke up with you. And so then it's a little tiff between people dating rather than a full-on breakup. Or if, again, you have the information here, I do not, if this is a real proper breakup, uh, then... I would direct you to some of the advice, though not all of the advice, from an ancient love treatise by Ovid, which is called Remedia Amoris, The Cure for Love. And he gives lots of practical advice, some of which is somewhat immoral, so I wouldn't follow all of it. But some of it is really basic stuff. Burn her portraits. You know, get, get rid of the pictures of her. Get rid of the reminders of her. Cut it off in your mind. Move on. Start dating other people. Get out there very, very quickly. Don't spend time sitting in your home thinking about this gal. Just uh, go out and throw yourself into that because we're, we're su suggestible social creatures. And so when you, when you break that habit and that routine that would have uh, ordered your mind and your heart toward loving this gal, when you break that up and start doing other stuff, because we're suggestible and social, you, you will quickly get into another sort of routine. But I wouldn't brush over the first part so quickly. What was in the journal? Why was she looking at it? Is that a deal breaker on your relationship and potential future marriage? Okay, next question. Hey, Mr. Knowles, big fan of the show. Um, as somebody who was once a Christian, although I'm still fairly conservative politically, I now identify as an agnostic atheist. But something interesting that I've noticed from a lot of young Catholics is how they were once atheists or agnostics who have turned to Catholicism. Uh, could you possibly explain this trend? I'm just curious by it. Thank you. Love the show. I can explain this trend because it happened to me. Atheism, especially in our age, appeals to people who fancy themselves intellectual. And it appeals to people who want to appear to be smart and not stupid, like all those Rube Hicks who believe all those crazy things like the existence of God, you know, the thing that the most intelligent people for all of human history have believed in. Catholicism appeals in particular to these sorts of people because Catholicism has such a rich intellectual tradition. There are other shades of religion that are a little more emotivist or a little more hokey <laughs> that, that uh, young would-be intellectuals will recoil from. But if you fancy yourself a smart person, and I remember when I was an atheist at about 13, which is the perfect age for thinking you're much smarter than you actually are. Uh, if you fancy yourself an intellectual, then what happens when you encounter St. Thomas Aquinas? If you fancy yourself an intellectual, what happens when you encounter St. John Henry Newman? If you fancy yourself an intellectual, what happens when you encounter Pope Benedict XVI? I mean, it, you know, these are people who, regardless of whether you think that you agree with them on these sorts of questions or not, these are people who are all much more intelligent than you are. <laughs> and it's not even close. We, we can get along in the world and pretend that we're smarter than a lot of people that we encounter. But when you encounter genius, such as you would see in a Thomas Aquinas or 
John Henry Newman or Benedict or the like. You can't do that. And so you've got to take these, these ideas seriously. And so that's, that's one way. There, there are other ways and perhaps better ways to find yourself back in religion. But in the modern age, for the modern atheist, I think the intellectual route is very effective. And then I think one of the draws of Catholicism is the, the rich symbolism of traditional liturgy. I'm not talking about the modern post-Vatican II guitar churches, kumbaya kind of stuff. I'm talking about the traditional liturgy that predominated in the West for almost 2,000, 1,800 years, say, and certainly since the Council of Trent, but, but obviously much, much longer than that, where everything is rich in symbolism. Everything has meaning. It, 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 you just find a sort of depth there. And so I remember a, a priest friend of mine made this great point. He said, shallows are clear. Atheism seems so clear to people. Oh, yeah, there's no, I don't see, God doesn't walk into the room every morning and say, knock, knock, I still exist, and walk out. He doesn't do that exactly. And so it seems so clear that atheism is true. Shallows are clear. Profound things, deep things, sometimes are a little bit murkier or opaque. You think about math class. Did you struggle with trigonometry? Did you struggle with calculus in high school? I did, a little bit, at least. Well, if you struggle to understand basic mathematics, don't you think that theology, metaphysics, the, the fundamental reality of things might be, I don't know, just a little bit mysterious to you? Probably so. That's why I think that's why that uh, rich tradition appeals to people. Okay. I think there are other reasons too, but that's, that's my primary reason, at least, uh, to, to present to the atheist. Okay, next question. Good morning, Mr. Knowles. This is Noble Gamer from the Membroom Segmentum with a question for you. My wife and I have tried to be a good conservative couple. We got married young. We have five children. Uh, but my wife recently has found lots and lots of health benefits and a lot of clarity from all the lib things like the plant butters and the coconut milks and the gluten-free bread, all of that stuff. Where is it okay to draw the line on should people eat these things? And mm. if I don't stop it, will I become trans? Thanks. Love the show. Well, it depends. I mean, if you eat seed oils, yeah. You, I think your statistical likelihood of becoming trans is about 120%. Yeah, that's true. But it, it's interesting to me, you say your wife is into all the lib food things, and you name a bunch of foods that are considered offbeat, healthy foods, but they're not quite the same as the, as the foods that the crunchy conservatives consider to be the offbeat, healthy foods. The conservatives now, they're not pushing for plant butter and coconut milk. They're pushing for butter ghee, avocado oil, no seed oils in particular, no plastics anywhere around your food. That's kind of more the conservative line. So I'm all for it. I'm all for the crunchy conservative stuff. My wife introduced me to this. It's going to bankrupt me. If I'm buried in a pauper's grave, it will be because we've ridden our house of seed oils and plastics. But to me, that is much more persuasive than the previous conservative idea, which is, oh, whatever, just stuff your face full of all this mass-produced stuff. There's no problem at all. That was 
That was persuasive when conservatives had some control over the political order. But now all these corporations are super lib, they're super woke. Uh, You're seeing kind of weird health conditions uh, pop up in recent years. And so I think it's perfectly reasonable to say, okay, well, what are we consuming? Now, you don't want this to dominate your life. You know, you, you don't want to put the cart before the horse. You want all things in their proper place. It's like that old Chesterton line. Where, where he says the problem with the modern world is not that it's too bad, it's that it's too good. It's got all these virtues, but the virtues are all out of whack. They're all disconnected from one another and wandering wildly. So you've got to put that in its proper place. That's fine. Just don't, don't, do, don't be eating plant butter or whatever that is. You eat regular butter and ghee. If you're going to go down the crazy, crunchy diet rabbit hole, do it on the right-wing side, not the left-wing side. Next one. Hey, Michael. My question today is about one of your favorite things, words. Why do you think that uh, the term phobic or phobia has been adopted regarding trans or homosexuality? Uh, It doesn't really make any sense to me to say that you're transphobe. It's not like they're causing fear, irrational fear that makes you want to go activate fight or flight. I just don't think that makes any sense. So I just wanted your thoughts on that. Love the show. Thanks. It's a very, very simple reason. Uh, they do this in order to define opposition to their views as irrational. This is what they did during the fight over redefining marriage. They said the only reason to oppose redefining marriage radically from what it had always been is an irrational animus against homosexuals. What if it's just a rational understanding of what marriage is and what men and women are? To say, if you, if you don't call Dylan Mulvaney a beautiful woman, she, her, you're a, a phobe, you're irrational. Well, I don't, what if I just am rationally perceiving and observing that that dude is not a chick? They just do it to cut off debate. It's, it's very simple. And it's, it's often effective. But it's just, it, it's, it's the rhetorical equivalent of la, 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 I can't hear you, la, 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 la. Okay, the rest of the show continues now. We've got a whole lot. I have my trusted iPad. We've got fake headline Friday. I need your help to discern which headline is real, which which headlines are fake. You've got to go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles right now at checkout for two months free on all annual plans.